All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. We'd love you to support this show. Please like, follow, and subscribe to us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Your likes and subscription helps us to grow and attract interviews and content. So please retweet and share our posts. Your contributions are appreciated. Welcome to episode 434 of the Kiss FAQ podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gills. Today we've got Marcus Almighty Mark. Greetings. The one and only voice of reason, Ken. Hey. And St. Louis Kiss, Lonnie. What's up? What's up? All right, guys. What's the news this week? Well, Live in the Galaxy, double vinyl, a whole bunch of different packages went on sale today. I think a couple of the color combos are already sold out. There's one left. Interestingly, it does come with a bonus 7-inch single with uh, Let It Flow and Empty Soul um, on it, which aren't on the album. So that's a real nice touch this time. And you got signed, unsigned, and then uh, the Super Deluxe package, I think, comes with a T-shirt as well. So... uh, Check out Blabbermouth, check out the FAQ, check out your Facebook feed, follow Bruce Kulik, um, you know, and uh, if you're so inclined, support that. Talking about vinyl, Mark, you finished signing your covers yet? Yeah, I'm actually down to the last five. But the the, the thing is that even though I'm going to be done signing them, I still have to keep them here for about a couple of weeks. And then after that, I have to bring them back to uh, train records because they, they're not, they haven't... Uh, started getting to my vinyl yet like to actually press it yet and they have so many orders on their shelves or they don't want to get everything all mixed up and lose boxes it's just crazy there so they said if if i can hold on to it for two weeks then uh when i get started with my pressing i can bring it back and then it'll be done like dinner thank god so train records doesn't want a train wreck yes exactly right (laughs) all right any comments from last episode i can't even remember what that show was about Oh, we got a few. We got a few comments from from last week on on YouTube. We talked about a few different things about um, songs that didn't belong or seemed out of place on some albums. And Snake Hips thirty one thirty one said, "I still love you. I never felt it on Creatures. Didn't like it. Sandwiched in between. I love it loud and killer. The album was so heavy, and it seemed just to not fit." Good song, but wrong album. It's a good observation. Um, Aaron Philbert from Australia, he says that I think Boomerang seems out of place on Hot in the Shade. The rest of the album is radio-friendly, pop, and then boom, there's this on full speed, there's this full-on speed metal track. <clears throat> Thank you, Aaron. Aaron's a long-time listener of the show. Cool and then Thrifty says in Ken, I slash we trust. I really don't know what that, what's going on there. Um, <laughs> Jeff Fry TV says, another great episode. Always love when the FAQ talk kiss. So thank you for commenting, everyone. And thank you, everyone else, for listening. Um, we do read all your guys' comments. 
just not live on the show every week. Correct. Mm. Too many. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I can't think of anything else. Uh, it'll be a, a special episode coming up next week. People who are celebrating Creatures of the Night anniversary today are early. Not not to sound like one of those guys that rage po- used to rage post corrections. Um, yeah, no, there, there's a there's a, a website that's actually dedicated to correcting some of those things, um, and I can't remember the name of it. So, um, mm. but the press conference took place on October the 28th, and there's a quote during that press conference about it coming out and the pre-release party was in Virginia in I think Richmond I can't remember the name of the uh, the record store on the 22nd and 25th is the release date it's that week you know release dates back then they shipped them out they pretty much went into the into the racks when they received them so uh, may have been a that week later not true <laughs> They didn't put them in the racks, at least not here. I mean, they put them, they had, they wouldn't put them out early until either that morning or, the, or midnight when after they closed uh, the night before. Even in 82. They put out on Tuesdays. It was Tuesday. I know it became militant, you know, by the time I was buying records. It was like, it's not release day yet. Well, have you received them yet? They yeah, they're in a box in the back. They let you have it. Yeah, no, that that was commonplace later on, but release dates prior, um, I mean, they they seldom publicize the actual release dates. You know, they, they would say things to the effect of coming out around this time. Well, around this yeah, they time, call the record store all the time. I used to call them and say, you know, when, do you when, do you have it? When is the new Kiss record coming out? You know, that sort of thing. It's that Ken guy again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go away. So what, whatever. Like disguising his voice. Yeah, I can, I Excuse me, sir. Time. When is the next Kiss album coming out? <laughs> okay, Ken, we know it's you. What do you mean, senor? All right. Well, whichever the case, it varies. So there you go. Talking about new Kiss albums, and this is the most recent Kiss album that we're going to celebrate the 10th anniversary of Monstrous. Now, is it a monster of an album or is it a monstrosity of an album? That's what we're going to determine. You know, looking back at a decade since the last full Kiss release, I'm actually still in a good place with this album. I'm still happy that we got two albums from the band when they, you know, decided to fix the error of Psycho Circus being the final recorded work. You know, obviously Sonic Boom came out, and then a couple years later we got this. So from that perspective, I'm still happy. But a decade since the last full album of New Kiss music, and they're about to celebrate their 50th anniversary, Ooh. which means that 20% of their career has been albumless is very depressing. I mean, they haven't even had a new song out since what Samurai Sun, or did they do a cover after that? It's been it's been far too long, Lonnie. What's your well, review of Monster? It it is depressing when you think about it, Julian. That you know we've had ten years with no new Kiss album, and from '98 to '09 we had eleven years with no new Kiss album. So I mean, there's that's a good chunk of time of the band's history right there. Of, of no new music coming out at all. Um, but they, they're they a legacy act, and they became a legacy act, really, when they put the makeup back on. 
And I think they're comfortable, and, and they're obviously comfortable with it. So, you know, um, I listened to a lot of questions this week, and it's, I mean, we'll get into it, but it's it's aged. It's I don't know how well it's aged for me in the last 10 years. Yeah, I think we're going to get an idea about that as we go through the song rankings. Uh, and this episode is, of course, a song ranking. Everyone has submitted their favorites, well, their list of monster songs, including the the bonus track, uh, from favorite to least favorite. And we've ranked them accordingly. Daniel, who's not here today because it's way past his bedtime, has submitted his list as well. So there'll be five of our opinions represented on it. Ken, 10 years since Monster. How is it doing for you? <laughs> uh, for me, it hasn't aged well. <laughs> um, I think I even uh, from even I think we did another monster or talked about monster a year or two ago, and even from that point, I I, I think I, I like it less than I did, did then. Um, but you know, it's at least some you know of the music on there is is. A few songs are pretty good, um, but uh, yeah, I, I wish they wouldn't have ended, which seems like they're ending on, you know, that being their last album. I wish they tried one more uh, to, I think they could have easily improved over Monster with a newer album. So, All right, Mark. 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 Are you muted? Oh, sorry. There you go. <laughs> sorry. I had her turned down because I was uh, I was listening to something for a second there. Um, yeah, so this album is kind of vanilla for me. I mean, it's not that I hate it. I, I really don't hate it. There are, there are a few songs on here that I think are pretty decent. Uh, but, you know, I'm not going to say it hasn't aged well. I mean, sure, the production is terrible on it you know the the mix leaves a lot to be desired as does the mastering of this uh i, I listened to it on cd as i just showed here not long which, ago which uh, is worse from a technical point of view is it the mix or is it the mastering that ruins it's, it it's, it's the master because the mix sounds like it was like it was decent uh when they went into the mastering with it they obviously over over limited it like put like a heavy limiter on it like really brick walled it like I have one of these ones called the L2 limiter. And if you like take the threshold and the output level and kind of like put them together in unison and put it down and then drop the threshold a bit more, you could get it like so loud, but it'll never clip. But it like you can't listen to more than 15 minutes of it like that before your ears start screaming for mercy. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, mercy. They, if they would have just dumped down the level of it a bit more and not like limited it so hard. I think it would have been actually not too bad a sounding album. It sounds like the mix was all there, like everything was uh, like you know audible decently. The vocals were good and so there, but it's just it just got too caught in the you know the whole loudness wars situation. Um, but I mean, other than that, I think that you know there are some songs in here that are pretty memorable in some ways, maybe not as maybe not good ways, but some ways there are some decent songs on here. But you know. Uh, for me, the, the thing that I find interesting about this record is that 
they ended with this record. I really thought that they would have maybe did one more record after this. The, the fact that they just ended it on Monster seemed a little melodramatic. I don't know. I think they, I, I was expecting one more. I really, really did. I thought they were going to do one more, kind of ended on a high note. But I almost get the feeling that they were thinking that they just, if they would have did that, approached it that way, that there would have been too much pressure to make the Kiss record and it would never have held up to people's expectations. Yeah, I think they didn't do another record because of Lonnie's expression on the cruise when they did how many songs, Lonnie? Five. Five monster tracks on the cruise. Oh. Yeah. That's great. Just... Lucky you. No, it was fantastic. I was, I was really excited. Yeah? <laughs> Would you rather have a lip sync rehearsal? I'd rather have what they did on Kiss Cruise 1. That's why I want the Kiss Cruise 2. Thinking that's, I was going to get something in that vein. And so I got five songs off of Monster. What about the Kiss Cruise where they went into I right at the end? I was talking with someone about that the other day. Wow. I mean, imagine that. After Rock and Roll All Night, kicking straight into I. Or was it the Oath? It was one of the Elder songs that year. Blew my mind. All right, so let's get into this ranking. 13 songs, uh, obviously maximum of uh, 62 points available, uh, if everyone agrees. And there was very little agreement. Um, it's really an album that Daniel, I think, did a good idea of tolerable songs, middle-of-the-road songs, and not very tolerable songs, you know, just dividing it into three groups, in essence. Um, and that's probably the best way to approach it. But instead, we've done rankings, so let's get started. And we'll uh, go through these one by one. So in last place, last chance, 11 points. That really did pretty much end up near the bottom. Or surprisingly, it's not the least favorite of any one of us but it is overall the least favorite. So, mm. Ken, let's start get started with you on Last Chance. Yeah, Last Chance. Uh, I think there's a reason they put it towards <laughs> the end of the album. Um, yeah, there's it's really nothing. It's, it's, it seems forced uh, to me, the, the forced uh, writing of the song. Um, it really does it really does nothing for me. Um and it's 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 semi memorable, but it's a skipper, you know. I probably don't even make it to that song. It's like okay, I've stopped, you know. There's a few other songs on this that I'll I'll go and listen to, but there's some other ones I just I just have I just don't want to listen to, them, you know. So not not a great song. It's interesting to, to note that Ken, Lonnie, Mark, and Daniel all have it as their second least favorite song. So that's it's probably one of the few areas of uh, consensus. <laughs> Mark, last chance. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting how Daniel put it. Like, how, how did he how did he say the how did he rank the two? One of them were uh, good songs and memorable and non-memorable. Okay, so uh, yeah, so I kind of agree with that because for me there are just songs that i can i can recall when i think of the title and how it goes and they're just ones on this album that i i, you, I couldn't tell you how it goes even now after listening to that album for you know four or five days straight now and and this is one of those ones that just seems like at this point in their career they had like this little sheet that they kind of like like put in the studio like a clip okay guys intro verse you know pre-chorus section back to verse you know they had like this structure guitar solo here for tommy 
Horace out. It's like just seems like they had this little formulaic thing. Let's keep it between three minutes. You know, Gene, let's keep yours under three minutes. You know, two minutes fifty nine, and. and it, there's none of none of the songs in here except for my my top five I find are the ones that I think that are, are the most memorable songs to me on the album, but th- this one just seems very black. It could have been on any album, it could have been by any band, you know. It, it could have been something left over from Black and Blue for all I know, and I would have believed it, you know. So I just found it very unmemorable. Yeah. So Daniel divided his songs into great tunes, okay tunes, and subpar. Ken. <laughs> You already, yes, you already asked me. Did I? It's oh, Lonnie's turn. Well, Lonnie, <laughs> come on, gotta correct me. Well, um, last chance is is very unmemorable, and I guess that's why I had it. Obviously, I had it so low. It's just it, there, there's nothing about it that that makes you want to go back and listen to it. To be honest with you, it's mm-hmm. it's just so bland, you know. And, and it does feel forced to follow up Ken's point. Just like the the lyrics, I think are like. Maybe like some lyrics that like Paul had sitting around, like, oh, I'd like to use, I like this line, I'd like to use this in a song. So, open the door, let the night come crawling in. Ooh, I like that. I'll save that for something. But then it doesn't really go anywhere with it, you know. And he, he like, you know, take a bite at the core of the original sin. Ooh, that's cool. I like that. But, but there's nothing. There's no. It doesn't go anywhere with those with those lyrics. They're just kind of there. So. Um, it's just very unmemorable to me. Um, it's a, it's not a memorable solo. There's not anything really going on. It's, it's... I think I think uh, Julian needs to oil his chair because it's very squeaky. Anyway, <laughs> I can't hear it. I thought, I thought it was me, so I, I muted myself. <laughs> uh, I think it's Julian. Anyway, that's okay. um, but there's nothing memorable about it, so that's why I have it so low in my in my rankings. It's just like Mark said, so I could be on any Kiss album. It's just very bland and just it's just here it is. There's, but there's not there's nothing memorable about it whatsoever. I'm gonna be the squeaky wheel of this podcast. There you <laughs> go. Yeah, yeah. Last chance. I mean, it's got to be one of the worst album closers. It's just so humdrum, mundane. I mean, musically, it's all right. I, you know, it's like a foundation that could have been built on, but it's like they just ran out of gas, um, as you guys have already mentioned. So it's pretty low down there. All right, moving on. Let, let, uh, me, let me just say something quickly. Um, no, it, mute. You the, had your chance. Yeah, I know. But in the release <laughs> of this, they, they, have, they have, like, uh, quotes or information about the songs, right? A commentary. And Paul Stanley about this song, he he says, I didn't want, I didn't want the album to just peter out. I wanted to go out with the same impact, vitality, danger, and is that Jolay, the verb that it started with. Joie de vivre. De vivre. Okay, there you go. It's about going for it. And uh, (laughs) so anyway, it's it's made it sound like he wanted to go out with a bang, but it didn't. Didn't go yeah, out with a bang. It, it, it's His lacking that. It's lacking that je ne sais quoi. Huh? So, okay. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, Paul, I can do that too. All right. Yeah. So no, it it totally doesn't do any of that. So right here, right now does, but that wasn't on the actual album. All right. Let's move on. How's Shadow, by the way, Mark? 
Good, good. He's uh, doing a lot better. Thank you for your shout-out, by the way. No problem. All right, so in 12th place on 18 points, and that's quite a big jump from 11, is the most god-awful song I think Kiss has written. Take Me Down Below. Mm. Lonnie? I didn't, I, you guys broke up on my wife. I didn't hear the song. Take Me Down Below. Oh. Well, don't actually, um, but. It's not good. I, I, I listened. To, it's not good. Um, it's not good. <laughs> Understatement of the year. I, uh, it, it, again, very forced with, with um, oh, we got to have, you know, we got to have a song with Gene and Paul, you know, changing, you know, verses, you know, that, that, that works well. People like it when we do that. Um, so they did, and it, and oh, we gotta, we gotta squeeze in some, some sleazy type, you know, sexual type lyrics in there too, that, you know, that, that's part of our formula type thing. Um, it seemed really, really forced, and, um, just doesn't work at all, really, you know what I mean? It's, you know, a lot of sexual innuendos from, from guys in their 60s. You know, it's it's one thing when you write Christine 16 when you're in your 20s. It's another thing you write Take Me Down Below and you're 64. And, <laughs> you know, I don't I don't think it really works as well. And it's 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 just not good to just be. Okay, you know what? Honestly, I think I think that yes. was that was that's a complete understatement that this is the worst song of the year. It is the the the, the worst piece of drivel I've ever heard. This song, okay. Let me tell you here. I saw her standing there across the room, a glass of wine and some cheap perfume. Total gene mm. crap. Next thing I knew, she was standing right next to me. I told her I had a submarine. Okay, really. Okay, like really? Uh, she said, "I know exactly what she made." Submarine sandwich. Did, I'm surprised, you know, with Paul. You know, guys, if you want to do an album again, I gotta be in charge. That he let that go, you know, on a record like that. Okay, I know he's gonna say, "Well, it's Gene, and you know, it's his type of writing." But come on, man, really? I mean, the man is already like in his sixties <laughs> at this point. And they're still talking about his submarine and all this other shit. Like, come on, man. I mean, I know it's going to be still has to be sexual in, innuendo. And I understand all that. And I have nothing against it. I love those kind of records that they did in the 70s. But come on, you can still bring, bring that message across without having to write such complete crap lyrics. Well, maybe they heard Torpedo Girl and said, oh, we could do a song like that. About a submarine, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not. All right, Ken. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with their, everyone else. Um, they quote about uh, that. Uh, Paul Stein says that's always been something, you know, the sexual double entendre uh, is something always been part of who we are mm -hmm. uh, to one degree or another. Um, he says it's not all about saving the whales. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, <laughs> When was it ever about saving the whales? They never, no, yeah, they never wrote a song like that was like serious, um, really. Um, so maybe World Without Heroes that would be about the serious, serious thing they've ever. No, they've they've never written a song about social meaning. 
you know. Yeah, that's true. They kept out of that stuff. Um, but yeah, the song is just uh, it's a little like Lonnie said, you know, they're in the '60s. It's it's not. It's kind of a a forced song because you're trying to write that kind of subject. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably your fan base is actually a lot older too. You're older, they're older. It's like you're not writing really for the fan base anymore. That's you're writing, you're forcing it as if you were, you know, in your twenties and 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 writing it for yeah. a fifteen year old or something like that. When you write a song like that in your twenties, it's not forced, and it just it, yeah, it just comes off more natural, and you're not forcing out cheesy lyrics. Believable. It's, it's well, one, it's believable, and two, I, th- I think you're going to come up with better sexual and type lyrics in your 20s than you are in your 60s, too. You know, I mean, if it, to make it on more believable, he would have to said that he had to get his Viagra first to show her the submarine, right? <laughs> that's what that's what the you know, torpedoes, uh, it's Viagra pills. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, is my microphone too hot? Like, are, am I too loud? Like, no. I don't know. I'm noticing people are pulling their ears. No, no, I've got my blood pressure is wacky today, so it doesn't like the uh, oh okay. the headphones. Fair. Now, there's a difference between you know, if Paul's 1982 to 84 raps were a song, it would be this, because he used to do some god awful intros to and long winded stories to Love Gun in particular, which were just, you know preaching to the 13 year old boys who've never been near it um and and this song isn't double entendre it's not innuendo it's not anything it's just vulgar and maybe i got old it's crass i mean it just tries so hard to be catchy and edgy but listen to walk this way or christine 16 or take me or making love it's none of those things. It's just way out there. So maybe I, I well, maybe my 14-year-old is deceased, you know. But I, I did not like it then. I don't like it now. Um, and it is Mark and my least favorite song on this mm-hmm. album. So let's move on from there. Slight marginally better in 11th place on 23 points is Eat Your Heart Out. And who heard that god-awful acapella intro <laughs> to that? Mark, let's start with you. Um, this song is kind of in the middle for me. I mean, the very first time I ever heard this song, I thought that the acapella beginning at the beginning was a, was kind of clever. Now, keep in mind, this is something that I thought because I had never heard them do something like that not to my memory at least, that they ever did an acapella introduction to a song like that. Uh, but at that time, I thought it was interesting. And it's it's not the worst song that Gene has been involved with. And it, it to me, it, it kind of stood out more than the other stuff that I ranked much lower. I mean, on my list, I'm pretty sure I had a number seven. So kind of right dead dead in the middle there. Uh, I thought musically was pretty good. I thought Tommy played pretty good in this. Uh, usually I find that when my songs that people kind of disagreed with in comparison, I think the reason why I have them hired than some other people is because I think Tommy might have did something you know that I enjoyed more in the song, or maybe there was a vocal melody that I liked better than maybe some of the other people didn't, didn't agree with. But usually I find that when the song stick, sticks out more, I find it's because 
somebody stepped up to the plate a lot more, like Tommy or, or Eric Singer's drumming is exceptionally good in this song. But in this song, I kind of think that Tommy did a good job. I think it was maybe his guitar solo. I can't remember. See what I mean? I can't remember offhand what specifically it was. And that's the problem with this album. Because when we talk about my top four or five songs on here, I can definitely point out specifically why they are in that position. But the other songs, no. No, lacking memorable stuff. Um, yeah. All right, let's see. Uh, Ken, you had it nearly yeah, as least popular as me. Middle seven. Uh, on my list I mean, it's a, again, it's an okay song. Um, I guess the the acapella stuff was actually <coughs> not intended, um, according to Paul. It was a impromptu warm up type thing. I guess you know how Heaven's mm-hmm. on Fire had that warm yeah. up, and they kept it. They they did that with uh, this song too, according to Paul. So, but otherwise, yeah, the song's okay. It's it's just the middle. It's it's right in the middle for me. Um, that's where I put it. Uh, it's it's just okay. It could have been a lot better. Um, it probably could have written obviously something a lot better, or Gene could have because it's a Gene. He solely wrote that this song. So, uh, yeah, not too memorable. Just okay. Lonnie. Lonnie is frozen like a statue. Darn it. Lonnie. Oh, well, well, we worked through those technical issues. It's just a throwaway for me. It it doesn't do much. It's not terrible. Um, It's not terrible. But it's certainly not memorable either. Oh, welcome back, Lonnie. Your thoughts on uh, Eat Your Heart Up. Wow. Did you get out the new earphones? Oh, he froze up again. Yeah, struggling with that, boys. That's all right. Um, Eat your heart out. Oh, you. We'll loop, yeah, we'll loop back to you, okay? All right. So. <laughs> Next. Next is going to be in 10th place on 28 points. The Devil Is Me. I see a trend here. Uh, a lot of Gene involvement on these. Uh, Ken, since yeah. it's Gene, start with you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that. Um, uh, yeah, The Devil Is Me, I actually liked it more when the, when I first got the album. Um, but then, it's again, it's another forced kind of thing. Reminds me of his uh, you know, family jewels kind of stuff, you know, where he I forget what he said when at the beginning. Uh, it reminds me of of that gene. Um, so, it, it to me it is a little force, you know, the devil trying to get the evil kind of thing going for his persona, uh, makeup persona. But uh, it's it's just okay. Again, it's it's towards the bottom. It's it's nine for me on my list. So. It doesn't do a whole lot for me, uh, where I have to, you know, go back, go back, and I need to listen to it again and again. Mark, you ranked this the the lowest of all of us, so. Oh, Gene, Gene, Gene! This is again one of these songs where he's trying so hard to keep that image that he had back in the '70s, and you know, Mr. God of Thunder and this and that. But you know, look, there's nothing wrong with you know 
having a family now and you know having a wife and kids and stuff like that i mean like for somebody who's so convinced that he's such a evil incarnate and such a evil kind of character on stage and stuff like that this would have been a great you know medium here for him to kind of talk about that in more great detail that the, the title title alone is kind of not bad the devil is me so right away you got my attention but that chorus come on man again the devil is me the devil is me i fought myself to be set free the devil because the devil is me like really that there's only one different line in that whole thing it's the devil is me three times and then one different line gene if you're such a devil you, you couldn't have think a thought of more lyrics than that for a chorus i mean come on man this is, this is what i mean by they were some of these songs just seemed mailed in like completely and and i don't understand why paul again who, who you know was putting himself on the high position chair that I'm Mr. Producer and nothing happens unless I say so. G, uh, Paul, you really effed up, man. Like this is these songs. I would I would never have I would never have let this let let this go. There's no way in hell. Okay, uh, it's I mean I'm just you, you can constantly see me looking at these booklets here. It's terrible. So anyways, Paul Paul, Paul asked Gene to write a God of Thunder type song. Uh, and this was it for for this and that and that was it uh, <laughs> and, and he even says quote paul quoting paul this song was a great one for gene oh yeah lyrically i wanted something that epitomized the character that we all identify with him but everyone has the devil inside well it's actually true because um, the devil is me is a great title for a song by gene yeah and the effort that he put into the lyrics is a clear representation of the quality of his contributions to kiss at many times yeah. so yeah. he he he, na he nailed the mission that paul wanted it represents gene in ways that gene doesn't fathom okay you know what you know what bugs me about that though maybe i'm taking this too seriously i know clearly you guys are having a lot of fun with it but to, to me you they knew that this this was coming near the end of the road for them like tech like you know literally as far as writing records went okay so why why did they write such substandard stuff i don't get it i mean I, if they if they honestly believe that it's not substandard that's more alarming to me then well, Gene's vomit bucket of lyric clips was pretty f empty by that stage, so you gets what you gets. Mm. Be, be happy he brought in as many songs as he did. I mean, he was even recycling himself towards the end of his career. I so, I would have rather more Tommy songs, honestly, if that's what I was going to get. Anyway, sorry. All right, Lonnie, welcome back. So wh wh while you're gone, we've uh, talked about Eat Your Heart Out and The Devil Is Me. So take uh, uh, both of those for us, please. So Eat Your Heart Out. No, I agree with that. The acapella to start off with was so dumb and forced. And I don't care if you were practicing in the studio. and Oh, <laughs> it sounds like an animalized thing. Like, oh, just like the animalized howl. We put that on there. Well, that may be well and true. Just because you were practicing in the studio, oh, Shaz, it sounded so cool. It doesn't sound that cool that we had to put it on there. That's dumb. <laughs> it really is. I mean, the, for, even the first time I heard it, when I was listening to it the first time, I'm like, why? And like, well, is this song like two minutes long, like that we had to lengthen it out or something? Like like for the B side of the record? No. There, there's, there's no reason for it at all. So it, it, 
so from the jump, you're just kind of like, what? what is this? And then the rest of the song is just unmemorable from there. It's a cool Gene line, like, oh, I like that, Eat Your Heart Out. I can, I can write a song called Eat Your Heart Out, basically. And that's what the song basically is. It had been so, kicking around since 77. For sure. So it's it's just so forced. The album is just so forced. We, I, mean, I keep using that word every time you guys come to me. It, it just really is. And then you guys were just talking about The Devil Is Me. Well, I'm going to sound like a repeat record right here. Oh, we got to have a demonic gene song. So here it is. Um, again, same, same, almost the same thing. Just kind of forced, oh, the devil is me. Oh, that's dark and creepy. We'll, we'll go with that type thing. And yeah, Tommy plays some, some good guitar on, on these songs. But just... I, I, it's the whole album's just, and I, I don't know. You guys were saying earlier, like I was surprised they didn't do a third album. This is why they didn't do a third. Maybe. Yeah, but it's got across this album with, or in comparison with Sonic Boom, where you've got all these elements that jump out at you from different eras. You know, like pointing out asylum shit or stuff that harkens back to rock and roll over, or you know, even the Elder. This one has more of a musical identity across it of being the current lineup. And maybe that is why they didn't do another one, because they realized that the musical identity of that band was really not worth expressing on record. I don't don't know. Um, While we've still got you, Lonnie, let's go straight into your favorite song on the album in ninth place on 30 points right here, right now, the bonus track. Um, yeah, I'm actually kind of disappointed that that's so far down the list because it's uh, really? one I do like a lot as well. It is my favorite song on the album, and <clears throat> it's to me when I started ranking these songs, it wasn't even close. I really like that song. It's 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 kiss to me. Actually, it's kind of motivational. It's it's almost like an anthem. It's kind of pump you up, get your blood flowing type thing. Um, and that's one reason why I love Kiss is because it does that. For me, with, with a lot of different songs, um, it sounds. And I know people are going to say, "Well, it sounds like it should be on the soundtrack for a movie," because it kind of does sound like it should be on a soundtrack for a movie. And maybe that's why it wasn't put on the album proper. Maybe they thought that somebody would pick it up, and then um, when they <laughs> tore it. <laughs> Who laugh? Rocky, 17, still fighting. Right, right, right here, right He's now. Still here. Yeah. You know. And, and then when. I like, they, I like his optimism that someone's going to pick know. up a Kiss song for a soundtrack. <laughs> I don't know. Come on. I thought I'll that was Ken laughing at, I'll start laughing at you, schmucks. <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, but then in 13, when they toured Canada in 13, you know, they, they did the lyric video for the bonus track off of Monster. If you guys, if you guys remember that or I remember not. remember that, yeah. You know, they never played the song live, but they tried to promote it. Like, maybe it was maybe just the revive sales of the album. I really don't know. But I like the song. It's my favorite song on the album. So let's let's hear you guys. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to see where. Oh, it didn't make it near the top of my list, but it is actually. It kept getting bumped down. Mark, right here, right now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of the things that Lonnie spoke about was probably the reason I didn't like it. I mean, I, it's not a terrible song, but it's just that I didn't, 
that that whole you know like ultra motivational kind of you know soundtrack song it it's just so you kept saying you know uh forced that to me seemed forced you know what i mean like i i just think that that is like totally Paul Stanley's wheelhouse, that kind of song. I mean, obviously he's decent at writing those kind of songs, but there's just something about it that that still didn't connect with me on it. It just seemed like you said, it, 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 when you when you hear it, I'm expecting it to be on one of those, you know, those Saturday afternoon uh, TV specials that are on, you know, like, you know, some, some, some actor from 20 years ago who's come doing a comeback, you know, and he's getting back into Major League Baseball or something. It's just... One of those kind of songs that I I can understand why he wrote it, but it just didn't connect with me. I mean, I, I'm surprised actually that you guys like it as much as you guys did. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but just I just was surprised to be honest. All right, Ken. <laughs> I liked it. No, I didn't like it. Wow. I, I mean, it's it's okay. I mean, uh, it's bottom of your bloody list. It is the bottom of my list. I think there's a reason <laughs> they left it off. It doesn't fit with the rest of the album. And actually, the rest of the album is kind of all over the place. Uh, so how does it not fit if the album's all over the place? <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't fit. Yeah, yeah. It's it would of, it uh, would have been a more upbeat final track on the album than Last Chance. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I I I kind of agree with that. Yes. Um. But uh, it's it, it's an attempt to write another say yeah or or something else like like that, um, but it, it just doesn't doesn't really work. It doesn't doesn't grab me at all, um, and that's okay. I think there's gonna be a lot of people that disagree with our views on a lot of this album because I think it's one of those albums that only certain songs are gonna you're gonna like from this album. You're not gonna like the whole album from beginning to end. So, and this is just one of the songs that are, I just don't think it's it's that great, and I don't want to listen to it again. Wow, that's quite severe. Daniel has it middle of the yeah. pack on, in his list, so it's, uh, I guess, what is it, okay. Yeah, that's about right. All right, moving on. Uh, Ken, take us back to the Stone Age in eighth place on 31 points. How is this ahead of that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is uh, above middle pack, you know, pretty pretty high on my list. Not high, high, but uh, above middle. Um, I think it's all right. It's, it's a little different, interesting song. I like the 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 riff in it. I think it's pretty cool. The this, the the chorus is, you know, decent. Again, not fantastic, but it's it's decent. It's it's good enough to be semi. I can remember it, you know. I can remember the chorus, um, though it's nothing crazy great. Um, but uh, it's a it's a decent song. Uh, it's not bad, so I'm okay with it. All right, Lonnie. I, I, I went to I went to Ken first. <laughs> yeah, I, I went to Ken first because he ranked it the highest out of us, and you ranked it your least oh, favorite on the dude, album. No. I think this song is god awful. It sounds like the intro to like a Saturday morning cartoon show. Back to the Stone Age. It's like a guy with a club on his shoulder. <laughs> well, that's what it's about. It's terrible. This is Kiss we're talking about. And we're, we're, we're singing about Back to the Stone Age. It's like, like a guy in the DeLorean or something. I mean, this is awful. I mean, what? I don't. I. I 
I heard the song lyric before. I heard the song title before I even heard the song, and I was just like, "Back to the Stone Age." Like that sounds stupid. And then I heard the song, and it's even worse. No, this song is god awful. I don't know. I'm I'm, sur- I'm so surprised that you guys that it's middle of the pack because I ranked it so low. That tells me some of you guys ranked mm-hmm. it pretty decently. Yes. Mark and Ken. Yes. Mark, yeah, so explain yourself. You are incorrect. You are incorrect, <laughs> Julian, because it was not Ken who had it high. Ken had it as number five back to the Stone Age. Oh. I had it number two on my oh. list. Okay. Because, like I was saying before, on this album, there's there are at least a couple songs that I actually remembered. This is one of them, and this is, I think, this is Gene's best song on the record to me. Okay. Uh, the rest of the stuff that I think you did on here was is bunk. You know, it's not good. The rest of it. I mean, honestly, this this sounds like the most Gene Simmons song on the album to me. I mean, it's not to say that it's his best written song ever, but this album isn't good to begin with. So it's not like we're aiming high here, right? So, but it's that's how I kind of looked at these songs. The top five. It's interesting when I look at it now. Each one of those songs represents a different member of the band, okay? And I think that those are their strongest songs on the album. And to, to me, look at you. You think that that's terrible lyrics? I mean, I just finished reading out a bunch of them that were worse about submarines and stuff like that. I mean, at least back to the Stone Age is like it's tacky and cheesy, but at least it isn't rude and vulgar. I mean, at, le- at least it's you know. It's, it's pick your, pick, pick your poison. It still sounds like a Saturday morning cartoon. In the beginning, there was darkness and there was light. And you can see like the intro to the you can see like the intro of the cartoon going over. We're, also, ta- we're also talking about a guy who thinks that he's like a monster on stage. I'm not, too, right? I'm not sitting yeah. here defending "Take Me Down Below." I'm not saying that's lyrical genius, but this is terrible. <laughs> I know, but when has Gene Simmons ever written good stuff? I mean, really, I mean, the lyrically was <laughs> never... You're on a Kiss podcast! Totally. <laughs> see you tonight? I mean, he hasn't written really That's great lyrics. He's not the best point. lyric writer in the band. I'm sorry to tell everybody, but, you know, but it, but this is... To me, and that that's this is how I'm kind of ranking this to begin with is that the stuff that I can actually remember from this album, and from Gene Simmons, this is the one song that kind of still stuck in my head. Yeah, it has a kind of tacky melody and stuff like that, but there, you know, a lot of the lot of Gene stuff is tacky and cheesy, and he'll even be the first one to admit it himself. Yeah, it'd been a great movie for, I mean, a great soundtrack song for, you know, a Flintstones movie or something. Exactly, so. it's it, it's it's Barney Rubble meets Cookie Monster, and Barney writes a song. Back to the Stone Age. Hey Fred, hey Fred. Save that. Yeah. All right, let's go. Uh, middle of the road now. Out of this world, thirty-two points, Lonnie. Oh, out of this world's fine. Uh, where, where do I have it at? I don't even remember. I have it kind of middle of the road, don't I? Yeah, Emmett middle of the road. It's fine, you know. It, you know, Tommy Tommy's gonna get a song. It's gonna be about space, um, but it but it's better than I thought it was gonna be actually. And it's still it's okay. Um, and they they liked it well enough that they you know they they played it live a few times um, outside of the cruise that I saw. They played it a few times I think in South America um, on that tour they went to right afterwards. And it probably didn't go over real well, and they 
quickly reverted back. No, because to, they they still remember Lonnie in the audience on the cruise. <laughs> <laughs> like this is bullshit. This is what I paid for. Um, so it, it's fine. It's it's I like it better than when lightning strikes. Probably off of off of Sonic Boom actually. Um, yeah. it you know it, it's pretty good. Tom, Tommy does a good job. Um, for his own doing his own thing and getting a leak of a, a, a lead lead vocal. So, um, you know, I, I've had some negative things to say about Monster, but I think as we get closer to the stuff, I'll have some more positive things to say. And, and this is probably one of them. It's 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 really not it's not bad, <laughs> but it's 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 decent though. It really is. Yeah, it's it's tolerable. I mean, <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's like a filling with Novocaine. It's okay. Uh, no, I I actually ranked it the same as you, and I had Tommy inscribed lyrics from it on the guitar I got from him. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I like it. I think it's a good vocal as well by him. It's a decent song, but it's just middle of the road kind of kiss stuff. Mark, I, I like it. I mean, I ranked it third on my list. Uh, you know, like we said, we're we're expecting Tommy to be the, you know the new spaceman, so he's gonna have the space lyrics now. Uh, I agree with Lonnie 100%. This is better than Lightning Strikes, for sure. This, But, I mean, overall, I think Tommy Thayer just sounds more comfortable on this album than he did in Sonic Boom. I think Sonic Boom is still a better record, but I think that he just sounds more comfortable in his role and how, you know, in his shows and his playing more. I think it just sounds overall better, his performance on this record. And, and, and I think he sung it pretty good. You know what? No, let, let, me, let me correct myself. I think he sung it really good, this song. Okay, now I, I know I'm gonna get hate for saying this, but he sung it much better than anything Ace sung on record. I mean, at least his I like his vocals better than Ace. Okay, now Ace was never known to be a great singer or stuff something like that. Ace is the great guitar player of the band, and that's for sure. He was a he was fantastic, highly inspirational, and influential, right? But I think though that Tommy is a better singer overall than Ace is. And Ace might not even agree, disagree with that. But, you know, I think that this song is something that needed to be on this album because I think they needed, again, to represent everybody from the band on record. And I think that this is a good representation of Tommy. And from what I remember, they played this song quite a bit. It was part of his solo spot section, from what I remember. So, mm. yeah. Why do you hate Ace Fraley? Yeah, Mark. Yep. <laughs> We're, we're not going to be help, going to oh, able to help you out, you know. We're not going to be able to help you out on the comments. I think you'll have to read all the comments about what you just said today. Um, but there we go. It's actually Daniel's least favorite song on wow. the album on his wow. ranking. Daniel, um, Ken, you ranked it pretty decently as well. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you guys about the song. It's it's a good song. Uh, I enjoy it uh, when I hear it when it comes on. Uh, it's a well-written song, and had the chorus is is catchy, and like Mark said, you know, uh, Tommy, you know, sings it well, um, does a good job. It's it's you know, the subject matter is kind of forced, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, but it still works okay. So uh, yeah, I enjoy it when it comes on. Okay, anyone else want to bash Ace Frehley before we move on? <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving moving on into uh, sixth place. Uh, 38 points, so we're starting to really separate the men from the boys here. Uh, Shout Mercy, Lonnie. Uh, it's middle, it was middle of the road for me, I think. Um, it's okay. 
Um, shout mercy. It's mm-hmm. almost. Where did I? Uh, I did have it right right in the middle. Um, you know, it, it's good. It's good. Some decent Paul lyrics to it. Um, you know, a good kiss feel type song to it. Um, you know, not not my favorite song off there. Not my least favorite. But you know, kind of middle of the road, but not terrible. It's okay. Feel, feels like Paul's lifting a Gene title here, but it's also you know in the top half for me. It's it's you know better than uh, Never Enough or whatever on uh, or Stand on the previous album. Better song than uh, both of those. So, um, Ken, yeah, I mean, what does your little book tell you? Well, actually. <laughs> Paul says What does Paul say? My early days were spent every Friday and Saturday night at the Fillmore East Listening to Solomon Burke Yeah, Shout Mercy have the kind of passion and urgency that made so many of the bands I saw so unrelenting and powerful That music and how it made me feel is in my blood and is why I do what I do But anyway So I guess it's about that, but it doesn't make sense to me. Well, yeah. humble, humble pie, some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James Brown, you know, some of you know the R and B acts as well with that kind of urgency. I, I can actually see that now a bit more. Yeah, so it's the okay song again. It's a middle road for me, <laughs> like kind of like Lonnie. Um, I think the chorus could have been a little better, uh, but it's it's not one. It's just a middle road. It's it's good but not great. It's not horrible. So it's, it's just a middle road. Good, right. just good. Yeah, Daniel had this uh, probably the highest ranked of all of us. Uh, Mark, you're the same as Ken here. Yeah, I mean it's it's not a bad song. I mean it's it's a decent song. It's right in the middle for me as well. And I think why it's in the middle and not higher is because when Paul is on point and whenever he writes a classic song like a love gun or uh, come on and love me or something there's some kind of paul sprinkling of magic on it that he does there's always something in there that gives it that little extra element that makes it stand out and makes it a, a true classic song and i mean we, he has lots of them you know detroit rock city you know take me you know lots of songs that he's done throughout the years are are, are like that you know and, and i just think that that element is sort of missing in here and i think and, and i blame some of that not all of it because i mean there are some good songs on here that he wrote there's two that are in my opinion just fantastic we'll get to those later i'm sure but uh i think because of his production duties on here i think that if he would have let somebody else take the reins i think he could have focused a little bit more on the writing and i think we would have had even better songs from paul i think all right we're going to go straight to my favorite song on the album, and I'm very disappointed at this this far down the list. It's actually in a tie. Um, <laughs> Long Way Down, second single off the album. I actually think this is a fantastic song, and I think it's also an excellent Paul vocal. I think it's very well crafted. It, it kind of falls into that realm of lost great Kiss songs, including Tomorrow, um, Turn On The Night, Long Way Down. I have just liked this from the moment I heard it. There's just something about it that catches my ear. 
and it's got a power to it musically for my tastes. So, Lonnie. Um, I have it third from the top. I, I, I enjoy it very much, though. Um, it's one of the songs I did play on the, on the, uh, on the cruise that I went on. Um, deservingly so. If you're going to play five songs off the album one way down, it should definitely, in my opinion, be one of them. Um, I, I, I think, you know, you, you could hear throughout this album Paul kind of fighting it a little bit um, lyric, vocal, vocally. Um, but I think this song really comes through very well. Um, and, and the song itself is well-structured. I think it's a great song altogether. Um, it's, it's definitely one of the better songs on the album. Um, thought it'd be ranked higher in our combined list. Yeah, well, uh, thanks to Daniel at this third from bottom. <laughs> and Mark, um, it, it's down there. So, Mark. Yeah, I mean, I had a ninth. I had a, like, fourth from the bottom. Wow. I mean, honestly, I mean, look, it's not a bad song. It's not terrible. I mean, but, again, it, it's just, I couldn't recite any of it to you. I mean, and I did listen to this album, you know, pretty much every day for the last, you know, five, six days. It's just not something that stuck with me. Now, does that mean that Julian or somebody else is incorrect in their assessment of it? No, it's not. It, 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 maybe there's the different things that appeal to Julian when he listens to songs than, than I do. But it, it's, it just didn't connect with me. And again, don't get me wrong. It's not bad. Paul Stanley, I don't think, has written too many stinkers. You know, uh, he's, he's generally a good songwriter. He knows what works with him and what doesn't work with him. He knows what key works for him to sing and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I just think that there are, uh, there are two songs on this album that I'm going to just be gushing over Paul Stanley with on this album. But this one isn't, isn't it. Well, Ken agrees with me, and that's the only validation I need. Mm, okay. And can we trust? <laughs> Interest, yes. yes. It was number one on my list. Um, yeah, I mean, it has that, you know, kind of Zeppelin kind of a uh, little feel in it um and it's probably the maybe his best lyrics uh that he wrote on this album um talking about how you know life will come up and bite you and take you down right um so it's it's a really good song it's really different it's not your typical paul stanley song and maybe that's one of the reasons i like it because it's it's really different um and I, I just like the way the chord structure is and everything in it. So uh, for me, it's a, yeah, it's my favorite song on the album. I, I like it a lot. Yeah, I hope this doesn't get Eric Singer fired, but it actually tied with All for the Love of Rock and Roll. Um, mm -hmm. And you know what? Well, that's Daniel's favorite song on the album. And Mark Whoa. rates this pretty highly. Lonnie rates it second favorite. Mm -hmm. I have it middle of the pack, but it's also a really good song. So I think what probably is going to save Eric Seger's bacon is that Paul Stanley wrote the song. So, uh, <clears throat> Lonnie, let's start with you. I really like it. I think it's anthematic, um, which is very in Kiss style. Um Tell, kind of kind of tells a story a little bit but has a little bit of an anthem to it and it just talks about it's something like think like that a lot of kiss fans can relate to all for the love of rock and roll and that's you know so that's a big reason why we're here and why, why we're here sitting here talking about kiss is how much we love the music um 
And when they, they did it on the cruise, and I wish you guys could have seen this. I think they had high aspirations for this song. Because when they did it on the cruise, there was this whole background thing going on the whole time with, like, um, Kiss fans in makeup, and then, like, like a uh, 10 years, but like a, uh, like a Mount Rushmore, like, that looked like the four members of the band. They didn't put that together, this whole montage together that played behind the band for, like, the two shows on the cruise and then a couple shows in South America just for it to be dropped. I think they had high aspirations for the song to wind up in a set list moving forward, at least in an in the soaring arena type tour, you know, in 13 or 14 as they continued to promote this album. And the fact that it got dropped really quickly and never really got uh, any other treatment outside of the Kiss Cruise and that South American tour that, that followed right after it, um, I guess tells that the crowd just wasn't into it. Like, well, I don't, I don't know this one. Well, I, I know Strutter, but I, and I know Love Gun, but I, I don't know. The crowd just kind of sits there, and hence why the song and, and a lot of the others were dropped. I really like the song, and, um, and I thought it worked well live. Even as much as I come on here and complain about them playing five, you know, five monstrous songs and on the cruise that I went on, I I enjoyed this one, and I and I thought it worked well live. Yeah, at least they tried. You know, Iron Maiden's going to make you listen to half of Shenzitsu, you know, or, or Shitsu, or whatever that last one was. I mean, A Matter of Life and Death. I mean, I remember the last time I saw Maiden, it was, what is it, the red and the black, or whatever it was, you know, and I was nodding off. But Book they of make souls. It, yeah, Book of Souls, thank you. So, you know, it's like Coming Home meets Beth meets Room Service, and it's perfect for Eric's voice. Very cool song, actually. Uh, Ken? Yeah, actually, I would have ranked this higher on my list. I don't know why I ranked it as low as I did, but whatever. It's it's a it's a good song um, and good vocal uh, by Eric. Um, the the quote from Paul on this one regarding this one, he says he was trying to go back to the vibe of uh, Mr. Speed. He says um, it's a certain kind of guitar riff style. Eric's got such a great voice. I wanted him to sing a song that was somewhat autobiographical i wrote it with him in mind even though at a certain point i wanted to take it back but honestly i couldn't sing it any better than he does i wanted to celebrate him with a song that says who he is so um yeah it's a good song uh about you know love for rock and roll and there's nothing else to say about it but uh, i would have i should have ranked it higher i don't know probably i would have ranked it about four maybe four spots higher than i actually ranked it here i don't know why i did but it is what it is yeah and i think paul nailed it for eric uh perfectly and eric of course mm -hmm. nailed it vocally mark yeah so i i really like this song I'm, and i'm showing the kiss cruise uh one that lonnie's talking yeah. about there mm -hmm. now uh just so people want to take a reference to it then there you go uh i i really really like this song i think that one of the smartest things that Paul did is made sure that once again, Eric Singer had a song on this album. Uh, I was happy with the song he did on Sonic Boom. I was happy with the song on here. I think he's a great singer. I think that he should, you know, be capitalized on or utilized more in a live environment because he has a great voice. 
Uh, this song is good. This is, again, another example of what I was talking about earlier. I'm saying that there are songs in this record that I think Paul did a good job on. This is one of them. This is a the song that I think he really, you know, hit the the ball out of the park with this one. It, it's so good. And the fact that he didn't have the ego to say, no, man, I'm going to sing this one. Oh, for the love, that's me, man. No, no, he let Eric do it. Great idea. My only question to Paul Stanley is, why the hell couldn't you have written a song like this for Peter for Cypress Circus? <laughs> exactly. You know? I was going to say Why that. I finally found my way yeah. versus All for the Love of Rock and Roll. That yeah. says it all of what he thinks of both of those drummers. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine Peter singing? I mean, Peter probably could have sang it pretty good, I think. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I don't know if he would have been able to perform it live as good as. But that's beside the point. I think that it would have been a good. It's a good cat song. You know what I mean? But, but Eric Singer, he's a he's a great fantastic singer so i'm really happy that he did that and that's why in my uh ranking it's number five and like i said my five top five are all songs i think are stellar songs on this album and that's one of them all right so top three 47 points wall of sound ken yeah wall of sound is a really cool song i, I just like it the the rock feel of it um I think it's Gene's best, obviously, I believe it's Gene's best song on the album uh, that he wrote. Um, and With a little for, help from Tommy and Gene. Uh, and, and I think, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's um, more than just him writing it. So it, it, it came out really good. And, and uh, I like the, the groove of it. And uh, it's, you know, catchy enough to keep me going. So keep me awake uh so yeah good song Lonnie. i like it i really do um i've talked on the show a couple times that i if you rearrange the songs on monster it works a little bit better and i thought that you know just just calling the album monster really doesn't work at all because i don't i don't know if they had expectations to have like a, a tie-in with monster energy drink or what because just monster <laughs> doesn't really make sense but i always thought that if you know maybe we were due for a gene lead track and a gene lead single what if you call the album wallace kiss wall of sound start off with wall of sound and you know and you, you put on the album and you hear that guitar like that has a whole different feel to it but gene lead track it's called wall of sound and that song starts off the album I think it could have been very different and have and had a very different feel to it. I really like the song. Definitely Gene's best work on the album, um, and it, it's it's one of it, it's really good. So, what about you, Mark? Um, well, I mean, I had it number six, so that was just out of my top five, like of the great songs on there. It's, it is a good song. I, I I think it is good. For me personally, I still like Back to the Stone Age better for Gene on this, but I think that this song is 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 good. It's very well done. One of the things that I think that shows the <coughs> sort of strength in it is that it has a good bass line to it, very good bass line, and his bass is nicely put up in the mix in this. Uh, and it kind of reminds me almost of like a Love Gun song because it's short. It's one of those like two minutes, 59 second kind of dealies, right? Uh, and... I think that's one of those perfect kind of lengths for these kind of songs, you know, in and out, bing, bam, there you go. And I think that it's, again, well-written. His voice sounds good in it. Uh, 
but again, just my top five are just the ones that I saw, thought just stuck out more in my mind. So it's not to say this is a bad song. It's right near that echelon of what I think the, the top material is. Best Gene vocal on the album for me. And going back to Lonnie's idea of if it was the lead-off track in the album title, well, we'd be referring to it as Brick Wall of Sound from the <laughs> Mastery. Yeah. Um, we have bad things to say about it. If that were, be. Yeah, but it's, it's a good song. And because it is sub-three-minute, it's right in that nice little, you know, quick tempo, straight to the point, uh, all the fat's been trimmed off it, and it really comes across that way. But Gene's vocal is great on it, and musically it's an interesting uh, piece of music as well. Ken? Yeah, did I already say that? I don't I know. You I can't keep track. You know that. You should know it by now. Middle of, middle of the pack for Daniel. All right, so unless I'm skipping anyone, now... it. The two top songs are clearly, you know, separated. But 52 points, freak. Mm. Uh, let's see who rate, rated this the highest. Uh, well, Ken, Daniel, and I all had it as our third most favorite song on the wow. album, which is why it's this high up on the list. So let's start with Lonnie. Um, it's good. I listened to it. You know, I've, I listened to Monster quite a bit this week. But I was listening to it on the way home today. And the one problem I have with it, you know, I, I like it. It's kind of, you know, anthematic, like Kiss fans can get behind it type thing, you know, like, you know, like we, we you know, Kiss fans were always different. And it's kind of like Paul singing back to us, you know, like, you know, it's okay to be the different kid in school or the different guy, you know. Mm. Um, the, the one thing I don't like about it is, and all of a sudden we stop and we go, I pledge allegiance to the state of independence. And then we go back and we start singing again. Like, well, that doesn't really need to be in there. And then we do it again at the end. Oh, I think that's kind of strange. Um, but other than that, I think it's a good song. I think it's very anthematic type of song where, you know, like I got streaks in my hair. People point at me and stare, you know, but I, but I don't care, you know, because I, I am who I, you know, it kind of talks about, you know, I am who I am. I, li- I like I like Kiss and I don't care. You know, if other people, if my schoolmates don't, or my friends don't, or mm. whoever, I'm proud of who I am, and I'm proud of of this band, even for that matter. So, yeah. it is a good song. That's my own little drawback to it is I don't get why they did that little mm. thing at the end. It's a good song. Yeah. Yeah, I keep thinking it as a piece of therapy for Paul Stanley. I'm trying to think back to when he came out about his microtia, his ear right difference, um, and whether it actually helped him in some way because. It's like Psycho Circus, but it seems to have a little bit more meaning of what happened, you know, later in Face the Music and also when he went public about that difference, um, you know, the impact that it had on him throughout his life. So, you know, Freak, yeah, I mean, we're Kiss Freaks. Come on, one of the first Kiss websites was Freaks, you know, and a, a lot of fans have felt like freaks being ostracized and outcast because of liking the clowns and makeup growing up. So I, I think for the theme that it takes, it's a much better version than, say, Psycho Circus, you know, but uh, I totally agree with the. I pledge allegiance to yeah no <laughs> yeah. you already no, did that on work. Psycho Circus just just leave it out Mark yeah you know I had this number four on mine and I had this as one of the stellar ones on here I think it's a good song really well written and I remember 
back when this album came out. I don't know if Julian might remember this or not, but there was an episode of uh, Podkist with, with Ken Mills and those guys, and they were talking about this song in great detail. They were talking about how this song should have been their first single. This song is the best song on the album. This song represents the Kiss Army. This song should have been done as a duet with Lady Gaga. They were pushing that so much on that podcast. They were saying that that should have been done. That was stupidity. They should have did it with her. They should have put, and that would have made the song huge, and it would have made this album much bigger in the catalog than it is now and how it sits today in history. All relevant points, I think. Maybe getting Lady Gaga to do it might have been a stretch, even though there was that picture with her and Paul Stanley where he was wearing, you know, the the makeup and, and boots like that. And it was a picture. I'm sure you guys must have saw that one yeah. with her. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I I think that the, the intention was good. The message was good. This is what I'm talking about before, where you can write a song still at this age that can harken back to the youth and connect to the youth but you don't have to talk about submarines and other bullshit and try to sound cool like that. You know, you can write a song that lyrically is intelligent enough to do it. And that's why I've always said Gene is not a good lyric writer in this band. Paul Stanley is the best lyric writer in this band. Okay. And his, uh, I think his lyrics connect more with people. And I think his messages are more on point. Sorry, Ken. I love you, brother. But, you know, uh, Gene just sometimes just doesn't rub me the right way there. So, uh, and I know he's your guy, so but respect to the to the voice of reason. Uh, but again, I I, th- I think that it's a great song, and I'm I'm glad it's on the record, you know. And I'm surprised it didn't do better, honestly. Yeah. Um. You know, the Lady Gaga discussion. I think it could still be covered. Take a Miley Cyrus, who's mm-hmm. now trying to become a, the Joan Jet for the next generation. You know, mm-hmm. being a bit of a badass rock chick. I mean, she did well at the uh, the um the Taylor Hawkins uh, yes. tributes, um, you know, could easily dial that in and ha- have enough um, of a, you know, audience to actually do something with it. And, you know, who knows, maybe she likes Paul Stanley too. Um, okay. Ken okay. Mark threw some uh, steak knives at you. Oh no, that's all right. I know. I, I, I know Bean's lyrics are not, not anything to you know, scream about. Um, it's 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 known. Uh, I think some of Gene's best lyrics are probably songs that he never got on an album. Um, but still, or that's pushing. Vinnie Vincent still, wrote the lyrics too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Those <laughs> those ones where Vinnie wrote the lyrics were his best. But anyway, uh, yeah, Freak's great song, uh, great message. Um, you know, don't let people you know you know put you down. You know, just be yourself, be who you are, that sort of thing, which is which is perfect. I think it's part self-autobiographical and, and and part, you know, like you said to the fans. So good song. Again, another song that's way different than Paul normally writes. And it seems those are the my favorite songs um, on this album from him. The ones that don't sound like his typical, you know, songwriting. Real good song. Lonnie, did I get you? You did. Okay, I started with you. Well, let's uh, start with Mark on number one. Clear winner, 55 points. It's not really any surprise, is it? Hell or hallelujah. Um, Mark. Well, Hell or Hallelujah, in my opinion, is the best song in this album. Hands down, 
end of the story. I mean, I think that they 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 released it first for a reason. I think that if if you would have put in like ten pick ten Kiss fans off the street, sat them in the room and played two or three songs off this album and had one of them as this one, I guarantee everybody would have said that one is the one that should be played first. <clears throat> it's catchy. Yes, it's a ripoff of Burn from Deep Purple, but you know what? <clears throat> the the thing is, maybe that's part of the appeal of it. You know, because people love Deep Purple, people love Richie Blackmore's guitar playing. Obviously, Paul Stanley loves Ricky Blackmore quite a bit in Deep Purple, uh, but but you know it's a catchy riff, you know, and the chorus is simple to the point. And again, this is one of those kind of lyrics where they're it's believable. It still kind of touches on the youth factor a bit, you know, a little bit of a rebellious streak in it lyrically, but it's it's still believable. That it could be on a record at that time period, and, you know, it's they're not trying to make themselves sound like they're 20. They know that where they are in their life at that point, and, and I think it works perfectly. Great guitar solo, great drumming, everything about the song I thought was, you know, top shelf. And the thing is, when they played this live, it, to me, it sounded like it sat in good with all the other classics that they played that night. It wasn't where you sat there uh, during the Sonic Boom tour. And they were playing all these great songs, and all of a sudden they did "I'm an Animal," and you're like, "What? What's going on here?" You know, it just sort of stuck out like a sore thumb. This song didn't stick out like a sore thumb. It it fit in perfect with the rest of the classics. That's why I think it is a classic from this album. Lonnie, I like it. I didn't have it as high, I think, as a lot of you, even though it still finished out number one. Um, probably because it. In that time frame, it got played a lot. Um, and then, I, I what turned me off is, is is Paul Stanley calling it a modern day classic, and that's not like, well, it's fine, but 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 there's a lot of better Kiss songs than this. Calling it like, I, I don't know, like when I saw it in Vegas, he's just like, oh, it's a modern classic. It's a new classic. I'm like, oh. It's a good song, but it's I, I wouldn't call it a, a classic Kiss song. And you know, and, and and here, say yeah does the same thing to me too. The fact that they which I was going to ask you, what would you rather in, in the end the of the road set list? Say yeah, right? What would you what would you rather have? <laughs> would you rather have Hell or Hallelujah or Say Yeah? I'd rather have Say Yeah than Hell or Hallelujah. Wow. Okay. I, uh, honestly, what? Honestly, what? I think Say Yeah is a better song. Um, oh, boo yourself. And. <laughs> It, 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 it's good, I, and I and I'm not surprised that you got, that it that it is number one on the list. But it wasn't. It's not number one on my list. It's it's fine, but it's not my favorite song. Mark, you're not going to bring Lonnie down. Yingling is coming to Missouri. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, Ken. Yeah, I mean, I have this number four on my list. Um, it's a good song, but yeah, it is a a ripoff of, like Mark said, Burn, and, and also of Kiss Themselves, you know, I Stole Your Love. Um, and if, they, if they're going to get rid of, you know, Say Yeah, I'd rather them put in uh, I Stole Your Love well, than, sure. than Hell or Hallelujah, right? So, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah obviously, right? Um, so it's a good song. I mean, that's what I have it at for. It's a good song. Uh, but I don't think it's the most original. Um, that's why I think Long Way Down or 
you know, freak uh, from Paul are, are more original. That's than not, Hell or Hallelujah. Not go down the original track here, it's, Ken. It's, That's it's, dangerous it's, territory. It's a color by numbers kind of thing um, for Paul to do a Hell, Hell or Hallelujah. Um, but it's again, it worked, and it's a, it's a good song. It's a it's okay, you know, way to it's a good way to lead off the album. So. Um, it's good. Yeah, nothing to, nothing to bad. I about. would rather hear this than say yeah. Yeah, same here. In concert. Uh, in in concert because of bookending the band's career, I would rather it be a song off the last album that they did, um, just because I I think it's more convincing. I always enjoyed hearing it live. I never got tired of it. Um, catchy as hell. Yeah, it's a complete rip of Burn or I Stole Your Love, but come on, steal, steal from the best. I mean, Paul's admitted that his whole career. If you're going to mm-hmm. borrow inspiration from other bands, you're, you're not going to do it from their their crap. Well, maybe mm-hmm. Gene would, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it's, it's a great song. It's upbeat, it's up-tempo, and it's uplifting, you know, because who the hell wants hell? When you can have a hallelujah, I'll take the hallelujah any day of the week. All right, let's recap our listing from our ranking of monster from monstrosity to monstrous. Um, 13th place, last chance. Take me down below. Eat your heart out. No, thank you. The devil is not me. Right here, right now. Back to the Stone Age. Fills out the bottom half of the album. Top half is Out of This World, Shout Mercy, Long Way Down, All for the Love of Rock and Roll, A Wall of Sound, Freak, and The Champion of Champions. It wears a purple headband. Heller, hallelujah. Uh, so have at it, Kiss fans. We got Out of This World and All for the Love of Rock and Roll in the top half of our monster ranking. How does that sit with you? Um, yeah. It should. I don't see myself listening to this album for a while, though. I mean, hmm. you know, we'll be back for its 25th anniversary. I'll be dead by then. That's 15 years henceforth. So I don't have to put up with that one. Um, you know, it's fun. Again, we haven't had a Kiss album for 10 years since then. We've had Samurai Sun. I think there is one or two cover songs that have been put out. Um, don't touch my Aska. Don't no, touch no. my Aska. Oh, Sir- yeah, well. Yeah. So, what was that? Venus and Mars rock show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great right. song. But I'd rather listen to Venus and Mars. So, you know, again, it, it is what it is. There's, uh, at least it's available for fans to listen to, unlike Sonic Boom, which is still tied down in whatever asinine contract was signed. Weird. That they can't even do <laughs> a, a final. Stan sucks. Uh, what? Sucks? Stan Kroenke, who owns the Rams and tied the wall. Ah. <laughs> oh, there we go. So, what do you think about this ranking? What are your top songs? How do you divide Monster for your own listening pleasure? And is it one of those albums that would have been a better EP? Or are there just a couple of duds that really dragged the whole thing down? What do you think of the mastering? I did actually find an unofficial remaster of it the other day, but you can't unremaster brick walled shit. You're just mm. not going to bring it back from the edge that it's been thrown off unfortunately maybe that'll be one that they do fix at some point if they do a reissue of the catalog all right that's it long show um so for now from ken mark lonnie myself and daniel thank you for your ranking thanks for joining us we'll see you next time thank you for spending time listening to the kiss faq podcast today all sales are final there are no refunds 
If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.